thank you for joining the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. With me today is Murray Voth, RPM Training, our intrepid uh, collaborator, <laughs> contributor uh, on the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. And uh, once again, Murray, as we come to the nearing to the end of uh, 2021, I have found that I've spent another year and not learned all there is to know. I've still got some gaps in my knowledge, many, many, many. Please don't pile on on that comment. Uh, and uh, I'm forced to admit that that uh, you know my learning journey has been pretty interrupted this year. Um, is, are you hearing this from uh, from your clientele, uh, uh, well, Maria? Well, I'm, I'm going to open up by saying, Andrew, that I have enjoyed some of our off the record conversations over the last couple of years because I feel that we coach each other. Um, you know, you have made a couple of suggestions and observations about my business. Uh, you know, I've I've made some observations about yours, and we've we've put our minds together, and I think you know, our products are improving because of our relationship. So coaching can be a casual, almost casual relationship between two like-minded people who coach each other, right? It's not necessarily about one person is the coach and the other is the coachee, or there's this level, unlevel playing field, right? Uh, in some cases, in some relationships, there is. Um, in terms of my clients that I've been working with, many of them for quite a while already, you know, they have said to me, that they appreciate the coaching even more during these really challenging times that we're in. Um, and then one guy said to me, he emailed me and he's with a thank you and said, um, I made a decision to come to all the group meetings because I do group and individual. I came to all of the individual sessions. I used to miss some of them, he said. And he said, it's becoming second nature now, these things that I've been working on and working in my business because I, I do the work and I come to this stuff. So a coach can coach, but the person still needs to do the work, right? right. Now, again, full full disclosure to the listening audience, I as well have a coach, okay. executive coach. Is that like the psychiatrist uh, having a psychiatrist themselves? Well, you know, we, we do delve into some perception challenges and some biases and some blind spot. For sure, we work on blind spots. But in the coaching agreement that I have with her, it says – if there are any mental health issues there that I should seek professional help. <laughs> so, well, I think that probably applies to just about everybody in the uh, aftermarket these days, because why else would you get involved in this business if you weren't just a little crazy? Well, uh, but in all seriousness about uh, coaching and training, uh, you know, I think all of us, uh, again, uh, we understand that that we don't know it all and, and that there are always things to learn, uh, even if we've come far or very far in our professional worlds. Uh, and yet it can be quite a, a leap sometimes to to say, OK, you know, I'm going to dedicate the time. I'm going to take the money, money. You know, they're going to I'm going to dedicate the, the, the brain space uh, to uh, you know, improving my skills, and and it's not always so easy, right? It isn't. It isn't easy. And referring back to my experience with the coach, talking about blind spots, you know, she asks some really good questions, and sometimes I don't have the answer to them, and other times I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm in my own way. I think what some coaches do is get you out of your own way, your own thought process and stuff, and and. You know, even just as this is going to sound dumb to a lot of people listening, because they probably have this nailed since they were 20 years of age. But um, I schedule everything now. Not just meetings, 
I schedule my actions and my to-dos. Um, I have meetings with myself. Like what I accomplish now compared to three years ago is significantly more because, you know, you talk about get more organized. Well, what does that mean? Well, I got some really good guidance on getting organized. But another really cool analogy that I love, you know, and I, I don't, don't make a lot of time to watch sports in the last few years, but I love football, both Canadian and American. And, you know, you have some high-level players playing. You have some of these fantastic quarterbacks and these famous people playing. Guess what? They're the best in the league. Do they have a coach? They have a coach. Because what does the coach do in the NFL? Stands back on the sidelines and watches the play. Because when you're in the middle of that heat and that pain and that struggling of the game, you need somebody watching from the outside saying, hey, by the way, let me give you some suggestions about what it looked like from the outside. Why don't we change this? Why don't we change that? So again, it's really a collaboration between somebody who's watching the bigger picture with you while you're in the trenches doing it. Because when you're in the trenches, it's it's hard work, right? And, and very detail-oriented. So sure. I love that analogy. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And, and you're quite right. I mean, uh, those of you uh, who know me know that I'm uh, and have been for a very, very long time uh, very much a motorsport fan, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I have a bit of very low level history in it. Uh, but one of the things you will find those operating at the highest level, uh, uh, is that they have, um, they do have coaches, they have mental coaches. Uh, they have, of course, you know, uh, uh, physio and, and yeah. fitness coaches and dietary experts, all that kind of stuff too, uh, because they must be able to be at their uh, uh, top level of performance at all times. Uh, but conversely, when I listen to uh, some of the uh, older uh, era uh, Formula One drivers or uh, mostly, uh, and when they are asked uh, what could have been better for them or what they, where they kind of fell down if they weren't, uh, if they didn't actually achieve their goals. And, and uh, almost 100% of the time, they'll say that they didn't really get their mental game together. Uh, and they could have really used uh, some mechanisms to calm their mind, to be focused, to be able to perform uh, at, at the level that they needed to when they needed to. Uh, Sometimes they got too excited, they uh, lost their temper, they mm -hmm. lost their composure, their accuracy of performing their efforts fell down, and, you know, things didn't always go so well. And I think that everybody in, in their uh, professional lives can probably think of times where you lost your composure, you lost your focus, and you realize that things didn't go as well as they could have. Uh, whether it's with your coworkers, whether it's with with a customer, and uh, what I'm hearing from you, Murray, is that you know the right coaching, the right kind of coaching, goes beyond telling you, hey, uh, when you're faced with uh, this kind of interpersonal relationship at your business, or whether you know here's how to you know calculate the the accurate gross margin return on inventory. Uh, it's it's also about what's going on upstairs, right? Yeah, at the end of the day, it really is. Uh, you know, we work in, you know, financial me measurement, we work in productive capacity, we work with human resources, uh, you know, talk about leading and mentoring, you know, we talk about the client value proposition, managing that, operations, business planning, succession planning, marketing, all these are the topics that in some ways are just, you know, written down, digitized, they're not emotional things that happen. But then, of course, we bring a human element into it now, 
we hit the roadblocks, we hit the challenges, the psychological challenges. And one of the things that I've been very pleased to, to contribute is that ability to ask people questions, to find out what their roadblocks are, and then bring what you need along the way. So in some cases, it's just knowledge. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Right. Or there's, I know that, but I've just, I've never done that. So, you know, I've, I've, I've never held a staff meeting before. So can you role play that with me? Right. I understand that I need to do them. Can you role play that with me? Right. And then there's uh, so that's applying, that's applying a piece of knowledge. And then sometimes there's just that they don't have the desire to do it. And when you dig in to find out what the desire is, is there's been some past, I'm going to say hurt or pain, but I mean, because again, I, you know, I will, I will refer them to other professionals if it gets quite into the mental health area, but just as just normal everyday stuff, you know, the last time I did that, the customer yelled at me or the last time I did that, my employee quit. So I'm really touchy right now about working on this subject. So then we go back, we go back, we go back, kind of like reverse engineer the scenario of what happened and like, okay, so yeah, if we would approach this this way a little bit differently, we would have got a different would have a different result. I mean, this is going to sound really dumb and maybe oversimplified, but and it may have come up in another episode of the podcast earlier this year, but the number of Canadians not able to travel outside of the country deciding to buy used old motorhomes this summer. Right. And the pain of them not understanding anything about what they bought, bringing it to shops, including some of my clients saying, can you go over this thing with me before we go on our trip and coming back with $6,000, $7,000 estimates. And now the, the two, the couple and their kids are all crying in the parking lot of the shop because they own this thing, but there's no money to fix it to actually go on the trip. And, or they take them in because they feel sorry for them and the wiring issues are bad or powertrain issues, like just horrific. The reason why the thing was only $3,000 was because it was a piece of garbage, right? Right, right. And yeah. It and sounds so, like an episode of The Simpsons, if my memory Right, like Homer, yeah. this is a Homer, this is a Homer episode, right? And so, you know, I kind of looked at a couple of my clients, you know, we go back a long time so I can do this, but I'm looking at them like, what were you thinking? <laughs> right? Right. The answer center, the answer center said, you know what, we, we only work on uh, vehicles that are 2005 and newer or and, and i gotta tell you andrew i've got clients now that have a limit on age um for the kind of vehicles that they work on limit on brands because they can't serve all of them anymore right so yep. there's limit on brands um they're not accepting bad behavior from clients so if somebody misses their appointment and and without and there's lots of technology to to let me know that you can't make it they get put on a list for less privileges like you don't you know oh yeah we're booked six months from now sure i'll fit you in there type of a thing and <laughs> and finally taking a stand for challenging the client on their bad behavior because we've always been told that we're the cheats we're the we're ripping them off and we make too much money off their backs and stuff like that well you know what at the end of the day when you don't show up for your appointment and i set aside two hours for that you just robbed me of two hours at my labor rate you just stole that from me because I cannot now fill that because I don't have enough filler room maybe today that day to do that, right? So part of working with, with people, and this is where my coach helps me as well, is understanding your own value. Your own value as a human, then your value as a technician, if you're a former tech or current tech, your value as an advisor, and then the value of your time, which is the thing that pays our bills, right? Getting paid for our time that way. And once people get their heads around how valuable they are, then a lot of the stuff begins to, to fall into place. Right, so. right. Yeah, I mean, it's really important for somebody who's considering, uh, it sounds to me anyway, uh, considering 
whether or not to bring in some outside help to, to you know, retain a coach, get involved in a trainer uh, such as yourself or, or, or somebody else and sort of to think about it in terms of you don't always know what you don't know. You know, yes. Somebody, somebody yes. would be like, hey, you know what? I, but I know my financials. I'm good. You know, I took my accounting courses. I got, I aced all that stuff. I'm good with all that. My business is okay. Sure, you know, every now and then I lose a guy. And we all have, we all have strife in that. And what am I going to get from somebody else? It's like, wow, maybe you don't know how much better so, you could be. So part of what I want to address, Andrew, is the people listening that have never taken management training for shops or had a coach. And they look at the... $500 a month fee or 700 or 12, whoever, because I've got competitors and this is not about me. This is about go to anybody and, and that does a good job of this, you know, training courses that are 500 to 1600 to whatever, like if you go across the gamut of these pricing and they're looking at the pure cost and what am I getting and all that kind of stuff. And then let me give you a list of things that are not just the increases. Like for example, if I take your parts from 30% and help you get them to 45 automatically you're making $40,000 more a year. So maybe at that point, the 10 grand a year coaching doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, we, we talk about materials and consumables or getting paid properly for testing and all these different features. But here's, here's like a list, a laundry list of things that people have told me in the last three years. I had no idea my uniform company was, allowed to, was not allowed to do this to me. Um, based on the information I learned in your group, because it isn't just me, right? I work right. with groups of, right, in, from this group, he said, I was able to go to go to court and I got $8,000 back from the uniform company. Right. Another guy said to me, Murray, based on meeting with you and understanding something that I had no idea about, I saved $96,000 in severance. Right. Another guy saved $150,000 in severance because this is a minefield, the HR world, right? I mean, I, and I do refer people to professionals. I bring the basic knowledge and then once they're, they discovered that they're in these kettles of stew. Then they go over to people I refer the firms that specialize that are qualified to do this, right? Um, but it, so those are areas where how do you know what roadblock you're going to hit when when you've got the experience of me and and other group members bringing in about how they save money on this or avoided that pitfall? The cost of ninety six thousand dollars divided by twenty percent. And here here goes my loud adding machine that everybody teases me about. <laughs> Yes, Murray still has a steam-powered adding machine. Yes. Exactly, right? It's almost an abacus. You have to sell $480,000 to replace that 96, right? Yeah. So is the coaching that expensive? But it's even as simple as this. I, one of the things I really have so much fun in is I get to be a, a holding point for data and information for people. Right. Right. I just, I research, I read, I do, I talk to you, you tell me stuff. I talk to other people and you never know when I'm going to need a piece of information. So I'm in a session with a guy on zoom. He's showing me his software. He's creating a report that doesn't have a total. It doesn't have a, it just has the columns. And two weeks before another guy in that same software had clicked and clicked and clicked and created a total. Like there was a total column. And so I looked at the software and I went, Oh, that kind of looks like Excel at the top there. I said, Click on that, click on that. Oh, he says, I have been exporting all these reports to Excel, then creating for, like formulas and then creating the totals in the columns. He said, this meeting was totally worth the monthly fee. <laughs> Just learning. <laughs> Just in the time savings from forever, right? Like, so think about the time savings forever in every aspect of your business that can be configured up, right? right? Which is where my coaches helped me a lot with. 
So I get excited about some of this fun little things that sometimes might seem simple to somebody, but you have no idea that the depth of the software. Now, I would never consider myself an expert in that particular software. I just happen to be an expert in looking for problems. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and 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 uh, you know, uh, again, in a very tortured segue, bringing it back to my my uh, long-standing uh, <laughs> love of Formula One, uh, Bernie Ecclestone, who certainly got a lot of stick for his attitude and the fact that he, you know, was accused of always being kind of in it for himself, and certainly did okay, and and uh, uh, you know, is still uh, uh, you know very much a force in some levels uh, within the sport. But when asked, you know, uh, gee, you know, like, what was the plan? What was your plan to take it from this backyard, almost backyard shed sport to to this global entity worth billions upon billions of dollars? And his response was simply, he just saw a problem and solved it. Over and over again, team owners would come and say, hey, it would be great if, and he'd be like, that's a problem. We can fix that. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. We can fix that. Yeah. And and I do remember my my closest brush with him uh, was many years ago when I raced in the Honda Michelin series at the Montreal uh, uh, Grand Prix, at the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, and one of the uh, teams, you know, racing in these showroom stock cars was all set to put his little tent up around his car and was going to hammer a spike into the asphalt of the paddock. And Bernie Ecclestone himself rode over and says, what are you doing, son? Well, I'm just going to put my tent up here. He says, no, no. No, you're not. Not like that. Because it mattered to the professionalism of the entire event, the kind of detail that it was. But it was just about solving problems. And he knew that somebody does that. Some next thing you know, everybody's hammering into the concrete. It's going to break up, I'm sure. And, and it's just not what he wanted to see in the totality of it. Now, I wouldn't suggest to anybody that one take all life lessons from Bernie Ecclestone. But it was just an example of somebody who is, you know, generally considered to, to have had this kind of overarching global view, but was really interested in the details too, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you and, know, I mean, I, I said, I don't know that I want Bernie Ecclestone to be my coach. <laughs> but on that note, though, Andrew. He, he could probably teach me how to make some money, though. I don't know. Probably, yeah. On that note, though, you know, there's all, every person, every shop owner has solved a problem probably even instinctively or intuitively, they just solved it. But they thought that they were unique in that problem. I get to collect all those solutions from working with people all over these years. And I, I keep them all documented. And I hear somebody going, I'm having a problem with this. And I'm like, here's the solution. Or here's the woman to talk to or the guy to talk to who's got the solution for you. So the coach, this type of coaching brings in, uh, there's 150 people behind me. Right. That come shop owners that are brilliant and smart and have worked hard and figured stuff out on their own. And they're willing to help and share the things that they solved and, and, uh, and brought that. So it isn't just me. The coach brings, you know, we just gather stuff in a lot of cases and just know how to put it together in a presentable way. Right. So it's oh, I'm so proud of the people that I work with in this industry. So I would love, you know, people listening to this that don't have a coach find one, like email me. And if, if, if I'm not a right fit, there's three or four others in Canada and there's a couple dozen in the States that do what I do. And, and I have a lot of respect for quite a few of them that I've gotten to know as part of that camp organization that, uh, that, you know, that I'm part of. Right. So, you know, find somebody that's a good fit because sometimes it's just about personality too. So. 
Sage yeah. advice from what uh, someone who I consider to be one of, if not the best uh, trainers and coaches in the aftermarket, not just in Canada, Canada and beyond. Uh, so uh, yeah, maybe uh, as we lead up to the new year, maybe that's a new year's resolution for some of the shop owners out there who have not availed themselves of the services of a coach or a trainer. Uh, you don't always know what you don't know. If you know how to solve problems, you might not know you have a problem that needs solving, okay? So great <laughs> advice, uh, Murray. Thank you again. All the best to you and yours. For everybody out there listening, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will catch you next time on the podcast. Take care. All right. Take care. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca, a brand of chat-integrated media.